Hey guys, welcome back to It Is Finished. My name is Helena. And I'm Bethy. And this week we're moving on with the fourth part, the fourth and final part of this end time series. And last week we talked about the prophecies that will be fulfilled before Jesus' return and even after. So we just want to mention one more prophecy that is going to be fulfilled before we move on to this next episode where we talk about what's going to happen after the rapture and basically answering the question of why we're even on earth to begin with. So the last prophecy that we want to talk about is, well, the last couple is (laughs) the the war that's going to happen, the defeat of the Antichrist and the final judgment and the new heaven and earth. So before everything happens, um, Satan has to be thrown out from heaven. And so verse that I wanted to read is Revelation 12, 7 to 11. And it says, as war broke out in heaven, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out that old that serpent of old called the devil and satan who deceives the whole world he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him then i heard a loud voice saying in heaven now salvation and strength in the kingdom of god and the power of his christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our god day and night has been cast down um so this might be kind of confusing, but I think we've mentioned before how um, Satan, like, although he is working here on Earth, he actually is up in the air, so-called, quote-unquote, heaven, but not not heaven where God dwells, but heaven. Like in We the talked air. about there's three heavens before, I think, right? Yeah, so... Um, that's where he is but in the end times again this verse talks about how um, basically Michael is an angel and mm-hmm. he's fighting um, the demons are just I'm gonna read it Revelation 16 verses 15 through 16 and it says behold I am coming as a thief blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments lest he walk naked and see and they see his shame and they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon all right so um once the devil is captured um what happens is this so well actually we can tell you what happens um after he's captured basically um there's no there's no more devil and all that is good but we still reign here with christ for a thousand years and everything is it's like a new new heaven on earth pretty much because the devil was captured he at this time i want to make very clear he's not thrown into the lake of fire um Mm -hmm. this is that's the next step so it says now let me say where um in revelation 27 to 10 it says this now when the years now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison. So he was in prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth to gather them to the battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. Mm-hmm. Now is when this war is about to pretty much happen. Right. Um, 
And then continuing on, it says, they went up on the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Mm. Yep and then um, I guess we should just continue on with that. Um, in verse 11 through 15, it says, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, Jesus, for whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great standing before God and the books were open. So I'm going to pause here. Um, we're getting to the final judgment. This is final judgment. Um, the devil has been cast away. Mm-hmm. And I know people have a misconception that, like, you... I don't know if I said this in the first episode. Yeah. I did. It's okay. There's only to one judgment day. Yeah, yeah, there's one judgment day. People uh, think that you're judged when you die, and it all happens at different times for different people, but there's one day where every single person who has lived um, is going to stand before God and be judged. So, you can yeah. um, Another book was opened, which is the Book of Life which is interesting now that I see that there's two different books. One is the book of life, which I believe is for the believers, um, which should have life in it. And the other book is for those who didn't know Jesus, who didn't have a relationship with Jesus, didn't live the righteous life that we are to live as followers of Jesus. So it says, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and the death and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged. Each one death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So it's very interesting because here he doesn't say that those that um those that were not dead notice how he has dead and there's people that were not dead um so those that were dead are what they're judged according to their works and you might be like um bethy and helena (laughs) did you guys not say that our works don't count this is a religion yeah Mm -hmm. our works don't count if you don't have jesus i mean if you do have jesus (laughs) yeah uh once you have jesus you're it's wiped clean. Like there's no other way that we would not be judged by our works um, because we're not fundamentally, like we're not good. So mm-hmm. <laughs> at that point, once you surrender to Jesus, then it's him, it's his power, his spirit that resurrects you and allows you to be in his presence and be into heaven. So, yeah. But if you, if you don't want Jesus, if you don't want him to wipe your slate clean, then the only thing you have is yourself uh, to hold you accountable for or to like say that you're worthy yeah Yeah. because you have nothing else so you just it's just you Uh, so that's the only thing you could be judged by is by what you did and just know Mm -hmm. that nothing that you can do is ever going to get you into heaven that's never going to happen because we're not sinless so that wouldn't even work right uh so at this point satan is defeated he's thrown into the lake of fire and, and all those with him. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
then everyone's judged. And then after that happens and, you know, people are thrown into the lake of fire and then people are uh, sent into heaven, there is a new heaven and earth, which is the whole purpose of this whole end times, just everything that this was leading up to. And uh, Revelation 21, 1 through 5 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for, for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Mm. That's so right. good. Yeah, that was how this was. That was the intention from the beginning. That's how it was mm. before Adam and Eve were um, separated from God. Uh, that's earth and heaven was one. God was able to live among His people uh, in direct relationship with them, without in a mediator. So yeah. it's just crazy. That's and His plan always goes through. So even though it wasn't from the beginning, it's going to be like that in the end. Yeah. And um, I just got taken back to John where Jesus is having this talk with Nicodemus and um, he's explaining to him everything that Jesus like plans to do because I don't know if you guys noticed, but in the book of John, out of all the Pharisees, Nicodemus was the one that was like hesitant. Like he wasn't like the rest of the Pharisees where he was trying to like actually um, – just he was just so against Jesus like he knew there was something more but it was like he had this fear about what other people would think about um him and just that pressure of because he was you know I think he was like the most higher up Pharisee so um it was just hard on him because even Jesus asked him to like pack his bags and go with him when he was going with um the disciples but he didn't want to Anyways, when he was explaining to him this new covenant, this new thing that he was bringing, um, the first thing that um, he was talking about um, was, well, Nicodemus asked was no temple. And he was like, no, no, you don't need a temple. And at that time, you know, like you would go to the temple to be pure. You would have to be purified to the temple and stuff like that. And in um, Revelation 21, 22, it says, but I saw no temple in it for the Lord God almighty and the lamb are its temple and it's like at that point i mean now even like we have holy spirit he's our temple right we are a temple there's actually a song by maverick city music <laughs> um <laughs> called the temple and i love that song so much because it reminds me like all that god has made me you know i'm where he dwells but mm -hmm. it's just so cool that during that time we'll literally be with the ultimate temple kind of just want to answer some questions that people dm does after our last episode um so go ahead um yeah so our first question is where is the holy spirit during the seven-year tribulation we basically said how how the seven-year tribulation will be a dark time and really there's not going to be much light so that might have given like an intention that um holy spirit wouldn't be there but holy spirit will not leave the earth when the rapture occurs um he's always omnipresent he's always going to be there no matter what and um 
when people accept Christ, like he needs to be there to, mm-hmm. you know, go enter people. It's just the people that already had Holy Spirit is they're not going to be there on earth. Mm-hmm. So it's really just those that don't know Jesus yet, which mm-hmm. makes it such a dark time because um, Holy Spirit is really present, like touches other people the most, I feel like through other people. So yeah. Yeah, and um, it will be a dark time because, like, when you think about it now, um, there's a lot that Holy Spirit is doing to um, just hold back on darkness and, like, restraining that lawlessness that is going to happen later on. Um, So, and he's not only doing that, like, on his own, but, I mean, obviously, like, he's using people. And I think sometimes we undermine the power that um, Holy Spirit has like in us like that he's using us for you know what i'm saying so like the prayers that believers um pray for the nation for other people actually does something like there's something that's being done and without those people that's why it's going to be so dark not that that the people have power but that the spirit inside of them you know yep All right, next question. Um, The next question that we want to talk about that we received was, how is it fair for Jesus to come if everyone won't know about him? And I think this goes hand in hand with the question of people saying, like, if someone's in a separate part of the world and they've never heard of Jesus, how is it fair that they die and go to hell just because they didn't Mm -hmm. know Jesus? But I feel like we've, hmm, I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous episode, but obviously God is just and Mm -hmm. his judgment is based person to person like if you go to court the judge isn't it's not just seen it it's case by case basis you feel mm-hmm. me so um yeah he's that's just not how it works uh but there's a verse that from matthew 24 14 and it says and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come as the end time comes uh and i feel like we've seen it well we've talked about it with the revival but there's just more and more of an outpour of Holy Spirit onto the earth. There's more people preaching him and um, it's just less likely that there isn't going to be people that haven't heard of him. But even if there aren't, by the time he comes, they're going to know who he is and still have a chance to repent and turn to him. And again, God is just, so he's going to judge accordingly depending mm-hmm. on you know if you've heard and rejected or if you've never heard anything yeah yeah and i mean that's also why he's taking so long to come um because it like it says like he won't come until at least everyone has heard um it might not obviously it won't be the same as if like you had a brother who knew the gospel and was telling you hey hey like jesus you know like you it's different um and that's obvious but it's not like the first time you'll see Jesus, you'll know what he did for you, if that makes sense. Like you will you will at least have heard Jesus, about Jesus and what he did, even if mm-hmm. that's through social media. It doesn't have to be through a person. Like You will know. I think he's literally the most famous person on earth. Um, everyone knows, knows. Not everyone. Majority of people on this earth has heard of Jesus and know who he is. Um, yeah, that's all I can say about that. But... Yeah. I think I've heard it somewhere. I don't know. But um, even if nobody has heard of God or Jesus or anything, um, there are like clues in the earth 
Mm -hmm. I guess you can say that points you to think that there has to be some creator and um, God created every single one of us to have some, a place in our heart that only he can fill. So it's already like an internalized thing to feel like, you know, there's something there that, yeah. (laughs) Right. So um, our next question is how can people be close to God during the seven year tribulation? Um, that question is very, I keep saying they're interesting. I'm sorry. I just think they're interesting, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's, it's hard, right? Like during that time, it's going to be super dark. And like we said before, Holy Spirit's not really going to be restraining lawlessness. You're going to be looking left and right and Christians may be getting persecuted here. Um, it might be hard, but first, as someone who hasn't even gone through the seven-year tribulation or hasn't even seen the rapture happen, um, the best thing I can say is don't aim to be here for that. And I think we've mentioned that a couple of times where you don't even want to, like, yes, you want to know what's going to happen during that time because, like, you just need to know because even if you're going to be taken up in the rapture and you won't see it, like... You should have the mentality that you're not even going to have to deal with it um, because we're not meant to. So... um... Don't even yeah, think even about though some it like people that. Will. Yeah, yeah, some people obviously there's going to be a lot of people that will, but um, if you've if you're asking this question, then it means that you believe at least a little something that it's possible that it's true. So just work towards that not being the case of you having to go through that. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about later in the episode like what you should be doing now to prepare and like how to be close to him now. Um, so I guess we'll talk about that later. Get into this week's topic. Uh, I said that we were going to talk about kind of explaining what our purpose <laughs> in life is. And that is such a hard thing to talk about. So we have this, I think it's like a booklet. It's not a book, but it's a short something. I'm going to just call it a booklet. It's called Your Ultimate Destiny. Things from this booklet uh, because it's really helpful uh it's your ultimate destiny by roderick c meredith and you can find it online you can literally just print out a pdf or just read it online but highly recommend i read this a while ago and i recently reread it and uh, i feel like it kind of just puts everything into perspective and makes you realize like what we really are here for because uh, even as Christians, it seems like what it, what's the purpose of us even being on earth if we're just going to end up being with Jesus at the end? Like, what's the point of being here without him? Mm-hmm. But um, there's not only that, but also like for me, it was more of why was I created? Like, I understand why I'm here. It's to spread the gospel, to tell people about Jesus and all that. But like, why did he create us in the beginning, you know? Right. And people always say, uh, you know, God created you specifically in a specific way. Like you're Mm. the only one of you, but it's like, why did he create me? You know, why Mm. am I created this way? What was I created for? Because again, we were literally each created according to his likeness, like every single one of us. So it obviously has to be for a bigger purpose. Uh, And we're going to get into that. So the first thing that we, the main thing that we want to say is People have this misconception, and I'm sure we've talked about this, but we're going to talk about it a lot more today, is that we're just going to be rolling around in heaven for all of eternity. And just, I don't know, like, 
watering I'm not going to lie. I thought like, that too. <laughs> yeah. Just, and I used to think that, of course. And I used to think like, that would be so boring. Like, what am I yeah. going to do for Because it's like, you're not working towards anything. You're not doing anything, you know? I feel like we've all had this misconception at one point, but that's far from the truth. Mm. And this booklet really debunks that. But um, mm. going back to creation, we were all purposely cre- purposefully <laughs> created. Um, he created us with his image in his mind. Mm. Uh, his character, he was basically reproducing himself, right? Just like he, just like with Jesus, we're all... Well, we'll talk about that later. But um, something that this booklet pointed out, which I found was interesting, was the difference between Genesis 1.24 and 1.26, where God was creating, you know, living beings. And in 1.24, it says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind. But then 1.26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So, according to their kind, but created us in his own image, which is wild, isn't it? Producing himself, basically, we're all his children. Uh, that's why he's called the father, because we're his creation. We're the product of his reproduction, which sounds weird, because the way we say reproduction is like, you know, but that's not the same. You yeah. Know I mean? Also, in... um psalm 8 4 to 6 it says let me just start with the verse it says what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him for you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hand you have put all things under his feet so this just again um goes back to where it says in genesis he made us lower than angels, but he gave us dominion over everything. And that just goes to show that there is a reason why he gave us dominion over everything. And um, later on, we talk about different unique abilities that God gave us that he really didn't give to any other creatures. And it's like, mm-hmm. we were given all these things for a purpose. Yeah. Uh, we're given godlike responsibility on earth. I can part well not partly but we are his representatives or we're supposed to be his representatives on earth um and the booklet also points out that again he is our father and a child is like their parent I mean that's mm-hmm. just how families work so that's why we have the potential to be quote-unquote god-like obviously we'll never be god we'll never have the power of god and we'll never be at the same level as Jesus but um, we still have that ability to represent him. Uh, We were created Mm. in his image for that purpose. Yeah, and I think the book also gives an example about how, like, a father and a son, so they're both humans. They have, like, that human-like character, Um, but at the same time, the son will never have as much wisdom and, like, Mm -hmm. knowledge as the father, just as we won't ever as Jesus and... um, yeah, we can never catch up to that. We weren't. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But um, they're still similar. I mean, they were created. They look the same, you know? It's the same type of thing. We were all given unique abilities that other creatures weren't. 
And if you look at Genesis 11, 6, which I think is really interesting that a lot of this comes from Genesis, like the first mm. book in the Bible, just kind of shooting out all of these things. But it says, and the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Mm. And this was back with the Tower of Babel um, and how basically people like as soon as they started to live (laughs) um they started to they all had like in the beginning we all had one language right and people were getting places i don't know if that makes sense but like we were being innovative started building building this tower and um god was trying to get it up to heaven basically yeah yeah and god was like whoa like these people look like they're really Mm -hmm. about to do something And that just goes to show that, I mean, God ended up like um, um, giving like confusing them with different languages and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so that kind of just like divided people and they weren't able to do everything that they had. But we really have the capabilities to do a lot. And if God really didn't like not diminish our power, but like, you know, yeah, um, we would be able to do a lot. And that, again, shows that God like character. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, I think this also connects to why we have a moral code I guess like a a mutual just basic moral understanding of things I mean some people disagree with some certain things but generally like we know even if we're not really someone isn't religious they know you know you're not supposed to kill it's not good to lie it's not good to steal and it's not just because their parents told them but they have a feeling in them that it's wrong like when you do it you know it's wrong Uh, and that comes from him and his character interesting to me because um here it's page three if you guys like want to refer to the book but it says um the clear indication here is that unless restrained by god man have might have progressed even back at that time to the point of being able to destroy himself from from off the face of the earth, which is very interesting because now it seems like technology is just like skyrocketing and science is just crazy and finding out God and all that. And I'm just like, whoa, I wonder how far it could have gone if God wasn't restraining. And people right. really think that he's not doing anything right now, but it's like, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just kind of hard to imagine it because of how separated people are uh like not just through language but from race and all those things and but just imagine if everyone just understood each other and it was all free-flowing you know uh without any issues like that I think we all know how much more we could accomplish um but it is what it is. Anyway, all created in the image of God, and um, we were given like and we were given aspects of His character that live in us. You know, I feel like a natural question to ask is why isn't everyone, you know, on the same page? Why, if we were all created to be like God, why aren't we all like, you know? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like Him? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we all representing Him? Why isn't everyone Christian, basically? I don't know. But um, surrender to God. Then we can become more and more like Jesus because we can't do that on our own without Holy Spirit because, again, we are just human. Uh, <laughs> we're not God, but we were given aspects of his character 
like to help form us into him, into something like him, to represent him, you know? And um, the book also pointed out, or not pointed out, but it's just something that I never thought about before I read it, how the Bible says that he's, Jesus is the firstborn. And when you hear firstborn, like if someone has just one child, they never say this is my firstborn uh, mm-hmm. because that makes no sense. He's your only kid, but it specifically says firstborn. So obviously there's going to be more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jesus is kind of like our brother, like once mm-hmm. we get up there, which is kind of wild. But at the same time, he's always above us, I guess, mm-hmm. older brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but and something I also the, like oh. was thinking. <laughs> something I was also thinking about was how usually the firstborn is looked at as the example, um, one like as being a firstborn. I mean, and a secondborn, and I think I'm the example, but mm, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, like it, they're always looked at as the example, and they're always at least like they just represent the family sometimes even i think back in the day that's actually how it was the first born son um would take the thing but obviously it's not the case but oh, like um, if there was royalty or something like they would take the throne yeah, yeah yeah and like um jesus was our example and jesus is our example when he came here he's the example for us all right and Romans 8, 29 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Mm-hmm. Many, many brethren. So, um, yeah, his kingdom is always expanding, and we're all children of God, Jesus. But it's just kind of complicated because Jesus is God, but he's like the firstborn son. But you know how it goes. It's a um, duality. Yeah, and the book also pointed out, like, how um when jesus came and he said um blasphemous things quote unquote blasphemous things um saying that you know just as a father is he is if you if you see him you see the father and all that um the religious leaders at that time thought that was blasphemous and so if they actually understood that um god was making others in his kind they would think that that's blasphemy when whole time he's just trying to increase his family mm-hmm. through us mm-hmm. given godlike responsibility on earth we're supposed to become um jesus i don't know children of god and uh it's all for a purpose a big part of that purpose has to do with ruling on earth after jesus comes uh but first we want to talk about an overcomer or who are overcomers what they are you know yeah, because in um, Revelation, the book of Revelation, it says so many times um, there's repetition of for those who are overcomers, blah, 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 like this will happen. And it's always something good, like they will get taken up or they will sit at the sit, sit with Jesus in heaven or something like that. And so I'm um, a verse that I wanted to talk about in case you're like, oh, what is an overcomer? What makes you an overcomer? There's a lot to it, but. Um, Revelation 12 verse 11 says, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Basically, Christians who overcome their own flesh, desires, uh, basically mm-hmm. the world, the Bible talks a lot about and the temptations that come along with it. Uh, 
yeah. which is really difficult to do, which is why you're given such a high reward. Mm-hmm. So. And I think it's also important to realize that it's not you who's overcoming it, right? Because at the cross, when um, Jesus said, it is finished, not only did he say, like, not only did he mean it for so many other things, but one thing that he meant it for was he overcame the world, like, it's done. And that's why he says, they overcame him by the blood, him being the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, um, so it's not us, it's the spirit inside of us, that spirit that resurrected Jesus, that's overcoming. Um, but it's not it's as easy to, as just, yeah, it's yeah. up to us to maintain that relationship, just like Jesus prayed and, um, mm-hmm. always talked to the father and always said, I do everything in his will. It's up to us to maintain that relationship so that the Holy spirit can live inside of us. Uh, if mm-hmm. we don't make a proper home for him, he can't live in us. Mm-hmm. So that's why it is really difficult, uh, yeah and the yeah yeah not only like giving him that space but i mean not only giving him that home but also giving him that space in that home something that um i always pray and i always try to pray every time i talk to jesus is is god like even in the morning like god i don't even want to have control of the day like you have control of it like holy spirit you the spirit inside of me like you move whatever i think whatever i do whatever i say like let it be you and while that is good to pray those things i also like this other day as i was saying i was like okay bethy like you're saying these things you're giving holy spirit that power but are you mentally physically like actually doing like letting go you know are you actually giving him that space to move? Because if you have all your like wants and desires and stuff taken hold, are you like, am I giving my flesh that um, hold and that ability? Then it won't get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's not, we always talk about it's a two way street. Um, mm-hmm. You need to work with God for him to work in you. We would rule with Jesus. I'm just going to read Revelation 26 and it says, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Hmm. I read the verse that you had where it says, where in Revelation 5.10, it says, "And, And have made us kings and priests to our God that we shall reign on earth. And um, I don't think, did we mention the whole thousand years? Mm, in the I think we like might have sprinkled yeah, it in there. Oh yeah, I think we did. We did. Yeah. yeah, that was like a shocker to me when I read the Book of Revelation, because um, I really never heard it in church like mm-hmm. that. I'd never heard people talking about it until recently, until this whole like end times thing. Um, a lot of the things that we talked about, I never really heard about. <clears throat> God. Um, yeah, I never really heard about it. So that was crazy to me, but it's so crazy that we are going to like, he's literally going to make us kings and priests and we're going to come back here on earth, like a whole new earth, whole new earth and reign. And not only are we going to reign, but I guess we're going to get into what we're going to do later. But mm-hmm. like we said in the beginning, how there's going to be war with, uh, Satan's army, basically, uh, we, we're given authority to rule, but we're also supposed to fight in the war, mm. which sounds crazy um, because it's like, how are we supposed to fight, I guess? I don't know, but we're not going to be in our regular bodies. Uh, there's no way we're going to 
die I mean we already died and were resurrected so that's like not possible but when we do get taken up in the rapture we're going to have glorified spirit bodies that aren't subject to physical laws like pretty sure I talked about how we can walk through walls and um just do crazy stuff like that oh fly and just go anywhere uh you know but we won't be able to be destroyed it's it it's you can't be destroyed that's the whole point Mm. Mm. yeah and um I think we see that um and like the reason we get the glorified bodies is because like you just said, we were resurrected. So um, just as we see in the gospels with Jesus, how after he resurrected, he had his glorified body. And um, although he did have the humbleness of, yeah, Mm -hmm. the like the holes in his hands and his ankles, um, he was able to do just out of the ordinary things, like not knock when he entered, um, houses and just come in whenever he like do you know things like that um, but they were still able to touch him and know that he was not like a spirit that makes sense <laughs> basically to summarize the whole purpose of us being here is to become more like God so that we can become part of his family uh, and I feel like we post on Instagram about the reason why like we go through things on earth I guess like trials and stuff and tribulations and all those things but it's basically to build our character because there's no way we're going to become like him unless we're put in situations where we I don't know how to describe it but it's basically just like building maturity yeah yeah oh and I think we also talk about that in our James chapter studies uh because it definitely talks about uh, how God tests us. I think in the first chapter, probably, but it's really just to produce spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's not to tempt us to sin, but it's really just to strengthen us. And I think mm-hmm. that's necessary because when you realize it, um, I think it's like just maturity. It could be like physical maturity in a sense, too, where um, not, men- not physical, mental maturity in a sense where it's like, um, as you get older, you realize that like if you're not doing things that are challenging you, you're not growing. Like there's no growth if you're comfortable um, because that you're not going out of the box. You're not pushing yourself, and that's yeah. exactly what God does when He tests us. And that's why those things are hard because He knows us so much that He knows exactly what is hard. So, right. And while on, we're on Earth, everyone has the mutual purpose of just spreading the gospel and getting more people to join his family so that's what we can do right now but i hope that kind of helps a little bit with that question of why we're here uh which probably doesn't answer every question but that's what we're gonna do for you guys right now and now we want to move on to the big question of how do we prepare how do we prepare for jesus's return and I could probably answer this in a quick like sentence, but it's really just build a relationship with him. And you don't even need to know about like the events of the end times to prepare for it, but it's always helpful to know because I mean, once he comes and we're taken up and then we're definitely gonna know everything that we need to do. It's not like we need to know beforehand, but the main thing that we can say is 
build a relationship with him so that you can hear his voice and be taken up. But if you're still here, then it might really help to know like the steps after of what happens with these events because you're just going to be lost. And I also think like just informing yourself about the end times helps because even if you're taking being taken up in the rapture, you kind of need to know like the signs and stuff to look for to know it's the end times, if that makes sense. And I know it's like a long process and it's not just going to be like super bright in your face, like, oh my gosh, end times rapture tomorrow. Like, it's not going to be like that. But at the same time, um, we just need to be aware of our surroundings. And I feel like this just gives you a better understanding. And it also helps because we've talked so many times about how the devil is going to come to deceive people and how even Christians can be deceived, which sounds crazy. But I guess if you don't, if you just you don't know what's word. going on, yeah. yeah. Uh, and revelation is hard to understand, I guess. Not, I guess. It is hard to understand. But I guess if you just um, ask, just keep reading it and ask God to like reveal things to you and just meditate over it, then I feel like you'll come to an understanding of what's going on. But uh, you're just a lot less likely to be deceived if you know what's happening. But the basic thing, like the main thing that I would say is just build a relationship with him to hear his voice yeah. and um, that might be like hard for some people to like understand like what that means and how to do it so the best thing that i would say for that is to just dedicate time for jesus and um i feel like that's definitely easier said than done i think we did well i know we did the igtv about the story um about martha and mary and how mm-hmm. um we were kind of like taken back on how Martha was doing a bunch of other things while Jesus is there but moral of the story that's us right now right we Mm -hmm. could be spending so much time for him but we're not Mm -hmm. um yeah and it doesn't have to be prayer I think I don't want to say that I don't like the word prayer because I'm not going to say that I do but there's just something about praying that I feel like sounds weird to people who aren't aren't religious quote-unquote religious like you know what i'm saying people who aren't christian they think of prayer as this religious act yeah and when you say prayer like it's not just for christians it's not just people talking to jesus but muslims pray like five times a day or like any other religion prays to like satanists they pray to satan so uh i don't like that word (laughs) yeah and i think we've talked about it before like not to say anything bad about other religions but i feel like other religions they it's like a lot more strict and you have to like Mm -hmm. um go to your room and pray five times a day on your knees and be crying out to quote-unquote god whatever god they believe in but um we're not saying you're not supposed to get on your knees and pray and go into your room if you're a christian but that's not the only way you um can pray like we've talked i don't know if we talked about it but you can literally be talking as you're like driving or just walking or doing anything because the point is he's not just in a room he's not just in your prayer like people have prayer rooms but his presence is everywhere so what's the point you know I guess it's like I mean like I understand a prayer room because that's just like your designated time I mean designated place to be with him wouldn't like I'm saying people be people put like pictures and like candles and stuff like that oh yeah I know people I've literally been to people's houses that have it and it I don't know and only having that room that they like if they pray they have to go to that room that's what I'm talking about um but that doesn't make sense to me 
because he's everywhere. So you don't need to go to a specific room every single time just to pray. Uh, you can literally just have a conversation with him in your head. You don't even have to be speaking out loud for him to hear you, you know? So yeah, I guess that's why we don't like the word prayer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, although it is good, like the Bible says in Matthew, um, Jesus says, um, that when you pray to go in your room and close the door and yes, mm-hmm. it is so important. I'm not undermining. We're not undermining, um, that time where you have a long time with Jesus, where your, your whole focus is on him and him only. That is so necessary. But at the same time, you could be eating and talking to Jesus and like, Hey Jesus, how's your day? Mm-hmm. Because like, he's like that. He's our friend. He calls us our friend for a reason. And that's what, like, that's literally once he called us our friend, religion, down the drain because that is just not religion whatsoever um so and just like fellowship and and not fellowship have communion and enjoy that time where it's just you and him and learn about him and talk to him i don't know yeah um another thing we would say is just join a local church fellowship with people I know we've said before that going to church doesn't make you a Christian, and I think we spoke really strongly on that, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that going to church is bad. Like, obviously, it's something that's supposed to supplement whatever you're doing, but it shouldn't be the only thing that people see that makes you a Christian, you know? That shouldn't be the only time that you are doing anything related to hearing about Jesus or speaking to Jesus or worshiping him or whatever you do in church. And also, having a community of people that are Christians and people that have a relationship with Jesus really, really helps you uh, as mm-hmm. well to build your relationship with him. Uh, I think we talked, I said, mentioned in my la- the last episode about uh, how I saw this girl talking about how uh, <laughs> the people that brought their friends to get healed, like he was made well by their friend's faith. So obviously it matters who you surround yourself with. Okay. And Mm, it just makes sense uh the other thing we have is read the word and study um don't Wait, I just... to say... <laughs> oh god <laughs> i wanted to say something about um just like fellowshipping in the body of christ is i've just we said this so many times but it's so important that um just why god made the body of christ and i was listening to a podcast um earlier <laughs> not ours but uh, I think I put it on our story. It's called The Bible Project. They actually have YouTube videos, which I highly mm-hmm. recommend. We're going to get into later. But um, they have a podcast. And I was just randomly like, I really never watched. I never listened to that many of their episodes. But um, the one I listened to was so good. And it was just, he was talking. I don't know his name. But he was talking about um, how he went to Israel and he was he went to the site he actually lived in israel for a while but he went to the site where the cross and there were so many people there and the way he was describing it was like wow like all these people they 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 must know jesus they must love jesus and it's so crazy the diversity because you know jerusalem is a very touristy place as weird as that might sound for someone who isn't a christian um because it might just seem so random but um, as Christians, like even I want to visit Jerusalem and, and go to the places where Jesus walked and all of that. And so him just like looking and seeing a bunch of different people, languages, backgrounds, 
cultures and all that and saying like wow like these people came all the way here just to like see this um place which means so much to them because you know Jesus means so much to them and he's like dang like that Jesus means so much to me and it's like we have this connection where with one person who means so much to like both of us you know like Jesus is my life Jesus is that person's life and that bond is like no other like I don't even know a bond like that um, or a group or a body like that so close and there's purpose and there's a reason behind that so just thought that was important <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean we see the bible talks about how each of us the people of the church are literally different parts of the body like the feet and the hands and all that stuff and Jesus is the head you know it's the imagery is for a reason like we you can't be missing a part of your body you know or Mm. some something's wrong you know so I don't know it's just really important to surround yourself with other Christians and it's really important to do your part um in a group like we're not we're not saying like I you talked about this before how like for example your mom's faith doesn't cover yours like your mom's belief in Jesus wouldn't cover yours so just because you're around other Christians doesn't mean you know you're gonna be taken up in the rapture or anything but it helps (laughs) yeah definitely having people that push you and motivate you mm-hmm. and check up on you you know make sure hey like how's everything and pray for you too like we're gonna get into yeah. friendship but it's so important. I was just I was literally just gonna say that that's why friendship is such an important thing and people take it so lightly we'll get into that with our friendship episode and that also has to do with relationships but we'll get into that so moving on uh the next thing we would say is read the word and study and we've said this so many times but uh it's not just reading the book and doing nothing with it. Like, even in school, they tell you you have to actively study. You can't be passively studying. And I would say it's pretty much the same thing with this. Um, it's not the exact same because it's not like you're studying on your own. Like, your Holy Spirit is obviously interpreting things for you. But uh, you still have to, you know, put some effort into learning. Uh, you can highlight, take notes. Uh, you can read different versions. You can read the MSG version that gives you like the message behind things. You can write down questions and then pray about it. If you guys think we should do an episode on just how we do our Bible studies, like an in-depth one, um, because as we're learning and as we're growing, we have different ways on how we do Bible study and um, like what that may look like. It might be different for both of us. We might have some similarities here and there, but I don't know. I think that would be a cool episode yeah and uh something that I really loved when I was reading like front to back was the bible project which is this well they have a channel on youtube they also have a podcast you just mentioned it but they literally have every single book in the bible basically a summary with visualizations of everything and I took notes on each book and I literally have just a notebook of um the books summarized just to like look back on sometimes and it's so helpful and the way they explain things they talk about the bigger like the purpose of the books the author the context like the historical content you get the better but um right and people go to church not just for worship and stuff but to listen to a a preacher a preacher a preacher um giving a sermon about something called which is usually called the word i guess i don't know in churches I've been to, but 
you don't have to go to church on Sunday just to listen to a sermon. You can listen to them on YouTube or in a podcast, I guess. Listen to, and I really like our Miles Monroe, um, Jesse Duplantis. We've mentioned him a couple of times. Um, our local church, because we're just mm-hmm. going to shout it out, River <laughs> Falls City Church, Elevation Church. Yeah, woo woo. Um, <laughs> Elevation Church and Transformation Church, which are really big churches, but I love um, their words. Mm-hmm. There's so much more out there. Um, so just, I don't know how to. Yeah. Just also, we want to say like there are preachers out there that are like not the best. There are false teachers that have a lot of fame, probably, or, uh, they just sound really convincing, but I just always want to say, like, read the word and make sure that it aligns with what it's saying. Don't just take everything that they say for face value, because at the end of the day, those are people that are speaking. Um, and sometimes it does come from God and you can trust that. But again, you would just want to fact check everything because it can be false. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely think sometimes, including myself um people think that the word every sunday is their bible every week Mm -hmm. like that's their bible um when in reality we cannot take that as our bible the last thing we would say is just to read about what's to come and we mentioned that before but i'm gonna shout out the book that we talked about throughout the series um it's titled because the time is near and it's by john f MacArthur. It basically just explains the book of Revelation and goes chapter, if not verse by verse. And I would just recommend, um, aside from using commentaries, we didn't mention commentaries, but commentaries are great. Um, Just fact check the um, source, make sure it's a good source. Um, Other than that, I would just say read the book of Revelation multiple times um, and ask people, ask people, watch videos. We've mentioned that, but multiple times is key because that's why the bible is not a one and done book yeah people literally spend their whole lives reading it and reading it over and over again and the we said it before but each time you read it you're gonna get a new revelation as long as you're asking god to reveal something to you and you're not just reading it with your own eyes but there's always just more to learn like it's so complex right so um that is all for this episode just hope you guys enjoyed this series as much as we did i personally did <laughs> so much me too i hope this really helped you guys kind of look at revelation as not so intimidating and something mm-hmm. that you can actually tackle um again there are so many other sources out there that can help you with it but we kind of just hope this gave you at least some basic knowledge of what's going to happen and what has already happened and all those things tune for our next episode it's not going to be on the end times but it will be on another very important topic so get ready for that and again i think i mentioned this last week but we are going to eventually do an episode where we just go through a bunch of hot topics that you want us to add to the list please dm us or email us oh dm us at it is finished podcast then email us at it is finished pod at gmail.com and we will add it to the list we can make multiple parts to that because we can just go on and on about certain things Uh, so let us know other than that we hope it's pushed you straight to jesus if you haven't given your life to jesus now is the time tomorrow isn't promised Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode
Bye, guys. Bye.